pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. We are back. It's reached the horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Welcome in. I'm Justin Kinner and excited as we gear up for the journey to the Horizon League tourney. That's right. Over the next couple of weeks, as we are under that 10 game stretch until the end of the regular season and we finally get to the Horizon League championships, we're going to be touching base with a lot of media members of these competing teams who are in contention for a couple of the top seeds and excited to bring on ESPN's Jordan Burnfield for this week's edition of Reach the Horizon. Jordan, it has been a while. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Justin? Not bad. And uh, I tell you what, I feel like for where I live right now, you know, usually we have ramped up our coverage to more college basketball, but the Cincinnati Bengals being in the Super Bowl has dominated all of the attention over here <laughs> uh, in the Ohio area, of course. But, uh, you know, I looked at the calendar. I looked at the schedule. I'm like, what in the world's going on? We are under 10 games until the close of the regular season. This is wrapping up quickly, and it's wrapping up in a very entertaining fashion, of course, in the Horizon League. It is. You know, it's funny. When I was at Wright State, uh, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, uh, I saw so many people wearing their Bengals uh, sweatshirts and T-shirts and hats. Haven't been seeing those in recent years on my many trips to Dayton, so it was nice to see uh, the enthusiasm for the Bengals, and hopefully they can pull it out on Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been an interesting year for sure. I think we knew... Coming into this year, a couple of the players that would be near the top of the standings, and as we sit here today, as we record this, you know, I think we are looking now at Cleveland State, Wright State at the top, which many people would have anticipated. You know, Oakland looked at the beginning of the season like a team that might be the best team in this league, uh, but they're on a little bit of a slide right now, and so you know, can they get back on track? Certainly, they're going to have some opportunities against some of the big players in this league over the next couple of weeks try to right the ship, but uh, they, you know, they've dropped three in a row, so we'll see kind of what happens with them moving forward. And really at the beginning of the year, because of Wright State scheduling, they were not winning a lot of games early on, so you kind of were wondering in the post-Loud and Love iteration of the Raiders, you know, what would they look like? But uh, Scott Nagy's obviously a great coach who's done a great job uh, with the Raiders, and, and they seem to be uh, peaking once again. And Dennis Gates just continues to do amazing work at Cleveland State. And, you know, you got those two teams at the top, but uh, several other teams playing well. So it's been a fun year. It's always a very interesting schedule because every year, and I, I know I've said this to you before, but every time you feel like you have a good grasp on what's going to happen, uh, you're you're proved wrong, right? You, you sort of feel like you don't know what's going to happen uh, as the season goes along. And I think that while there are certain themes that, that we would have anticipated, there's definitely some uh, unique finishes going on, too. 
No, absolutely. And the thing about these conferences who are one-bid conferences in regards to having to win your conference tournament to go dancing every year, you know, at, at, at a certain point of the regular season, although every team, you know, you never want to say we're uh, we're only relying on winning our conference tournament. I mean, you look at teams like Oakland and how they build their schedule. You know, Coach Nagy has talked about he doesn't believe in the idea that we only have to win our conference tournament to get there, but that does become the reality at times, and that's the reality for where this conference is at right now and I, I always wonder what the mindset of programs is when you get to this point of the season yes you're aiming to win every game but there has to be a point where you have to reset your team's expectations and say guys yes losing right now stinks we're playing for seeding however if you're coach campy you're telling your team we're not playing our best basketball right now but we have a few we have a couple weeks to kind of get our mojo back to get our momentum back and head into the conference tournament because as you know jordan it's not it, we've seen how dominant teams could be in the regular season and then it's always that surprise team the hottest team not the best team but the hottest team that ends up uh, holding up that trophy and is ending up sitting there on selection sunday waiting to see which region they're going to play in so that's kind of i'm always fascinated by the the messages that coaches are kind of telling their teams right now as we sit here in mid february well, I think any coach that has been in the Horizon League for more than a few years would know that the regular season, while it is important, obviously, for seeding, it, you know, it's important to try to win your league and there are obvious goals to achieve, it is not something that is that predictive of what's going to happen in the Horizon League tournament. I think we've seen that for many years now, not just the last two or three, but you know, since I've been covering this league, and I've been covering this league for the better part of 10 years, uh, maybe a little longer now at this point in my career, um, yeah, I mean, this tournament always proves to be unique and interesting and different and full of upsets. I mean, last year, Cleveland State uh, emerged as the best team and won the conference tournament, which I think was an upset just in the fact that, you know, you don't expect the top teams to win, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I think... You think about even a few years ago, um, you know, there have been seasons where it felt like Wright State was clearly the best team. You could have even made the argument as good as Cleveland State was last year. Wright State was right there, right? But then Milwaukee has the comeback for the ages against them at the Nutter Center in the Horizon League tournament, and Wright State's out. Um, there have been years where Oakland was, you know, an outstanding team when you think of the Kate Felder years or even the Kendrick Nunn years, and they weren't able to win the conference tournament. So the regular season is really not that predictive of what is to come of the Horizon League in terms of its representation in the NCAA tournament, but it does make it fun uh, for observers and fans of the league. It may not make it fun if you're a fan of one of these schools that has been near the top because you want to just get the job done and end up in the tournament. But as you said, the reality is of this league and the way it has been seeded the last few years, you know, it's going to, it's going to take um, several Horizon League teams not only playing well, um, but making the tournament and maybe pulling an upset uh, over, the, over several years, I think, before the reality would become anything different but one team reaches the NCAA tournament. So, therefore, yes, if you lose right now, you don't want to lose right now. No coach ever wants to lose a game. But, ultimately, it's going to come down to how do I match up for three or four days in March, and can I get it done in Indianapolis and win this tournament?
ESPN Radio's Jordan Burnfield with us. He'll be on the call this Friday night, of course, Wright State at Milwaukee. Friday night, and that'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off on ESPNU. Excited uh, for that matchup coming up. Now, you look at Wright State. I mean, the, the t- you know they are playing some of the best basketball in the league right now. They've gone up against some of the top guards in the league at this stretch while playing some of their best basketball. I mean, they held Antoine Davis to, I believe, uh, the, you know, the, the nation's leading scorer. He had 10 points with, like, seven minutes to go in the, in the contest just, to, you know, last week. They held him in check, and then they did an excellent job with, with the, you know, Oakland's and Jamal Kane. I mean, to go from Antoine Davis one night and then the very next night, 24 hours later, to have Jamal Kane, you know, to, to be able to shut down some of the league's top scores like that has been pretty impressive. Pat Baldwin Jr., I know he's missed some time due to injuries. You know, he's back out on the floor. There was a lot of expectations for him coming in. Unfortunately, you know, injuries have kind of stalled that a little bit for him to kind of get comfortable. But they have another tough scoring threat that the Raiders are going to be focusing on this Friday night that you'll be on the call for on ESPNU. Yeah, you know, this is going to be uh, interesting for several reasons. One, typically, as you know, the Horizon League schedule is uh, Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday format. But... Both teams played yesterday um, and or Wednesday, uh, as we record Thursday here, and so there's not a lot of turnaround time to prepare for this coming game on Friday night. Which typically, when we get a team Friday night, both schools have had four or five days to prepare, which will not be the case in this game. So, how does that affect the way things are strategized, or even how minutes are doled out in this game? I guess we're going to find out. Um, as you said, Wright State is starting to kind of play the type of defense that Scott Nagy has felt that they have in them, but they have not shown at certain times in the year. And one thing that I think we know about Scott Nagy is that when he doesn't like something he's seeing on the floor, he's pretty open about it with the media, right? Like he'll continue to hammer the same message over and over until his guys will buy into it, and I think now you're starting to see, because we know that Wright State is a very gifted offensive team, right? I mean, this is a team with several scoring options, all of whom um, can explode for 20 points on any night. Tanner Holden, obviously, is the linchpin of the offense, you know, one of the top 10 scorers in the nation, but Trey Calvin's a guy that can have a great offensive night any game. Grant Basile, certainly the guy that can have a great offensive game. I mean, he had the 37-point game in the non-conference, so you know that a big-time offensive performance is in there. Uh, Tim Finke, even though he's sort of that defense grit guy, can score and can be somebody that you could look to to give you double-digit points. Uh, so they've got guys that can score, but what, what they have been missing at times this year, and Scott Nagy has been very open about it, is defense. And so now that they're starting to play better defense, I think you're seeing the wins pile up in the way that we're sort of used to seeing from Wright State. On the other side, you know, it's been a rough year, frankly, for Milwaukee. I mean, this was a team that going into the year had so much hype and hope given that Patrick Baldwin Jr. decided to play for dad and decided to go to Milwaukee. I mean, when you get one of the top four recruits in the nation, I mean, that just doesn't happen at a Horizon League school, with all due respect to the conference. I mean, this is literally the highest-ranked recruit that has ever made the choice to go to a Horizon League school. So when he makes that decision, the city of Milwaukee was so excited about the prospect of seeing 
uh, Pat Baldwin Jr. play there and what it would mean for Milwaukee and would they get back to the tournament and would it start to look like the Bruce Pearl era days, right, where they were mm-hmm. in the Sweet 16 and all that sort of thing. And now, you know, because uh, Junior's been hurt a lot of the year and he has not been able to get rhythm, as you said, you know, the wins have just not been there and trying to work guys into the lineup has been a challenge for them. And obviously the game that they played uh, Wednesday night was, you know, one of the roughest that they've had the entire season, scoring just 39 points. So I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. When we were at Milwaukee in early December, uh, Baldwin Jr. had his best game as a uh, Panther, scoring 26 points. He was fluid. He was hot early from the floor, really never let up showed that great NBA potential that he has. So we'll see. I mean, certainly he's a tremendous talent and could end up being an outstanding pro. Um, I don't think there's any question of that. I just think it's been sad that, you know, this this season of him playing for his dad at Milwaukee, which looked at the beginning of the year like it'd be so promising for such a great story. It really has just been a a trying year for, for the Milwaukee Panthers. Absolutely, but uh, you know Milwaukee's always that team that they always seem to play their best basketball uh, come conference tournament time, and obviously uh, that's you know they have just as much of a shot uh, not playing their best basketball right now as some of the teams playing their best basketball. And when you have a player like Patrick Baldwin Jr. come conference tournament time, just like Detroit with Antoine Davis, you know Wright State, of course, uh, with Tanner Holden scoring where he's at. You have Jamal Kane with with Oakland. I mean, there's so many great scores in this league. I can't wait for when we get to conference tournament in Indianapolis but I also can't wait for this Friday night where you can catch our guest Jordan Burnfield on the call on ESPNU Wright State at Milwaukee seven o'clock at the tip-off Jordan it's been awesome catching up we'll have to do this again here around the corner as we get closer and closer uh, to of course Indianapolis so thank you so much for your time and uh, we'll talk soon sounds good thanks Justin appreciate it Good stuff there from, again, ESPN's Jordan Burnfield. We always love having him on the Reach the Horizon podcast again one more time. You can catch him this Friday night. He'll be on the call ESPNU, 7 o'clock, Wright State at Milwaukee. And, again, this is a matchup that I thought looked better coming into the season, but based on where Milwaukee is at right now, I'm not saying that that totally waters this down, but I look at this as an opportunity for Milwaukee that is just looking for that spark. You know, you get Patrick Baldwin Jr. back, and and, and now you're starting to see a team that now has their center, their core piece back. Start building around that. Let's establish momentum. Get a big win on Friday night at home with Wright State, the number 2 team in the league in town. And then all of a sudden... Patrick Baldwin Jr. starts rolling. Coach Pat Baldwin gets his team's confidence back. And then Milwaukee is always that thorn in the side of every team in the Horizon League tournament. Every year, it never fails. It never fails. And Milwaukee's dangerous on a regular year. But on a year that they have the number one uh, prospect that's ever committed to a program in the Horizon League, that makes Milwaukee even that much more dangerous. So, again, it's easy to focus on how they're playing right now and where they are at right now. But Milwaukee is a program to keep an eye on, especially heading into the conference tournament here just around the corner. Horizon Lake standings as we currently sit here right now, Cleveland State and Wright State, number one and number two. Wright State has had to kind of climb their way back up the board a little bit. Yes, Oakland has slipped. They've they've lost three straight, so they've moved down. But of those you know three losses, Wright State was able to get a big win over Oakland at home just this past weekend. So Wright State is climbing the ladder and also knocking out some of the teams that were in front of them. They have lost to Cleveland State twice already, 
Third time, will it be the charm? It may not. We may not see Cleveland State in Wright State till the Horizon League Championship game if seeds one and two make it, and that's assuming that Wright State and Cleveland State can hold on to their current seeds. At one and two, Cleveland State sixteen and five overall, twelve and two in conference play. The Raiders fifteen and ten overall, twelve and four in conference play, and then Oakland dropping down to that nine and four mark, right there in the middle of the pack with Northern Kentucky nine and five. They're thirteen and ten overall. Detroit, Antoine Davis and company, they're seven and four in Horizon League play, ten and eleven overall. As I've said, the teams that always fascinate me the most come conference tournament time are the teams that have that dynamic score. You know, when you you know Wright State, they've always had that centerpiece that loud and love that they've always been able to count on you know surrounded by some nice sharp shooters whether it was Cole Gentry in the past or a Grant Benzinger in the past you know they, they've always had guys like that a Billy Wampler now they have Tim Finke as their three-point specialist right you know Trey Calvin has kind of taken on that next role of being one of the team's premier scorers and also being the point guard you know running the offense Grant Basile's been a fantastic big for Wright State all season I mean he just continues that trend of, of coach Nagy led teams of having that dominant center in the middle but Tanner Holden's the difference right now. Tanner Holden, while everyone focuses on the scoring ability of a Pat Baldwin Jr. and they're talking about Jamal Kane and they're talking about, you know, Antoine Davis, and by the way, as they should, <laughs> you know, they, they, they should. Tanner Holden is as lethal of a score as all of those guys. And, and watching Tanner coming in as a freshman a few years ago and developing into what he is now, he is as good as those guys, and all of them deserve all the credit in the world. But those are the teams I'm looking at. Yes, obviously, because they're at the top of the league standings-wise, or at least in the conversation, but when you have dynamic scores like that, in my opinion, those are the teams to look out for. However, there is a team that no one's really paying attention to right now. Northern Kentucky, 13-10 and 10 overall. They're 9-5 and five in conference play. They hold wins over, uh, over Oakland. Right, They have a win over Wright State recently. They just demolished Milwaukee last night. We're recording this on a Wednesday, depending on when you listen to this. But Northern Kentucky, also very similar to Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee's always that thorn in the side of teams come conference tournament time, but let's be real. The team that's been the most consistent, the most dominant come Horizon League tournament time, it's the team that's been to multiple NCAA tournaments in the last four years, and that's Northern Kentucky. Right? So, like, that that's a heck of a program, and they've done it with multiple coaches. Obviously, you want to go back uh, to when John Brandon was the head coach. You know, he had Drew McDonald, and then you look at Darren Horn coming back and, and being able to do what he was able to a few years ago. Unfortunately, they never got to play in that 2020 NCAA tournament due uh, to the fact that the season was, it was canned due to, to COVID, unfortunately. But, man, look out for Northern Kentucky because that's a program that everyone falls asleep on because they may not have that dynamic guy. You know what I mean? They don't have that They don't have that Jamal Kane like Oakland does. They don't have that Antoine Davis, that Pat Baldwin Jr., or, of course, that uh, Tanner Holden. But they are one of the best teams, like team basketball. Northern Kentucky, not a lot of teams do it better than them playing as a team. So look out for them down the stretch. It's Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. I'm Justin Kenner. Big thanks to ESPN's Jordan Burnfield, who will be on the call this Friday night. Wright State at Milwaukee, a lot on the line that night. And we're excited to be have the podcast back. We're going to be bringing you uh, weekly shows now moving forward. It's the journey to the Horizon League tourney. And, of course, we'll be with you each and every week, all the way up until we crown a champion March 7th and 8th in Indianapolis at Indiana Farmers Coliseum. I cannot wait. Hashtag reach the horizon. Use that on all of your socials, of course. But, uh, yeah, we'll do this weekly. Excited to have it back. Jordan killed it today. We'll be touching base with uh, a lot of media members that cover the respective Horizon League programs that are in contention for a couple of the top seeds over the next couple of weeks. Journey to the Horizon League tourney. 
That's the theme of this year's Reach the Horizon podcast, uh, as we'll be with you for the next couple weeks. Thank you for tuning in. Tell your friends and family about us. For all you fans of a Horizon League program or the league in general, excited to be with you, excited to be back next week. And until next week, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.